Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the WFNY Corner Caps, a podcast that takes an in-depth look at the Cleveland Guardians baseball team and farm system. Presented to you by the WaitingForNextYear.com network of podcasts. Here are Gerbs, Mitch, and Ethan. Hello and welcome to the WFNY Cornercast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and uh, WFNY Waiting for Next Year community. You will hear this Friday, September 16th. I am Joe Gerbs Gerberry, and I am joined once again by Farmer Ethan. Uh, Farmer Ethan, it is the uh, first time in what feels like uh, years, possibly, we've podcasted. Um, we had a couple of scheduling things. I had a sick child. Uh, we were, I was going to be on a, uh, nail in the coffin pod to talk to Tom and, uh, Travis, but that never, uh, formulated. Uh, Dr. Mitch has been out studying. So we had uh, a whole bunch of stuff that's been going on, but I don't, I think this is two weeks since we've had a podcast period. And then I think it was maybe Mitch before that. So, uh, how have you been? How are your crops? Are the livestock doing well? Or did the cow the li- have the baby? The livestock are okay. I do apologize for my absence. It has been three weeks since I've been here, but there's just something about this time of year when some clown shows up in one of my fields in Nebraska. So I had to go sack him really quick. <laughs> oh, I wish I knew horror movies to where I could like, oh, that guy. Like I knew a thing that I could have just said, but you know, it was, I didn't, I didn't have it. No, it the clown didn't. is Scott Frost. I don't know what you're trying to reference. I don't. I don't know what you're doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, yeah. No, it's great to be back. Uh, very excited to pod again. Uh, we've got the first place Gardos. So uh, um, if you are just coming uh, on and, and getting interested in those uh, first place Guardians, uh, you can listen to us here, obviously. You can look on our pages of uh, Waiting for Next Year. I wrote a... Uh, getting to know your first place Gardos today, uh, a bandwagoner's guide um, to the uh, to the Guardians. So um, check that out as well. We'll go over some of the stuff today. But uh, yeah, we have a first place team to root for here, Ethan. How does that make you feel? I don't think anybody expected them to be here with 20-something games left to play. I'll, I'll tell you that much right now. There, there's one person in Vegas somewhere who's probably clutching their pearls right now. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a there's one sports book that's just holding on to a ticket like, oh no, oh no. But uh yeah, um when well, I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum here that you know this year's this year's success was not a playoff run. It was identifying positives on the roster. Uh we were gonna take it, obviously, and I'm sure the organization would and is going to enjoy this as well, but uh you know, we were we were we were not expecting it. I, I can't imagine they were expecting it to be this way as well. But um, with the way the division is, it's just you know, it's 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 easy right now, right? Because the competition is struggling. The, you know, aside from today, where Hunter Gaddis was throwing BP fastballs to uh, to the White Sox pitchers, but you know, you'll have that. Yeah. You definitely have clunkers like today, and it's unavoidable in 162 games. But, yeah, man, like you said, the goal was to find pieces of this roster that could be around for the future, and they've play-tested, what, upwards of 20 of them now? And uh, safe to say they've found a few pieces? Yeah, I guess say 20 that they've really tested. There's guys that are making their uh, – I think we're at 15 that have made their debut. The 15 we're probably or staring – I think we're at 15, and I think we're staring 16 at the face with in the face with Carlos Vargas coming up tomorrow. Ooh, yeah, I forgot about him. Well, it was a a name we'll probably talk about later, but uh, yeah, the, it's it's an exciting time to be a Guardians fan, uh, to be a Cleveland uh, 
sports fan because you got the you do have the Browns coming up and uh, Donovan Mitchell's a calf, so you know lots of things How happening here in Cleveland for sports. But that's not what you want to hear about. You want to hear about breakingtea.com backslash WFNY. A uh, whole bunch of new shirts there on the Cleveland collection that gets you that link will get you to. Uh, there is the Guardiac Kids, uh, the Cat and Clutch. If you're here look, listening and uh, looking for some Guardians gear for the playoff run, um, there is obviously some uh, some brown shirts. They added some Nick Chubb. Uh, a couple of Nick Chubb shirts, and uh, the the most recent one was the uh, Cade called game, uh, which I logged in and saw that today, which was uh, a pretty great one, uh, commemorating fifty eight yarder uh, game winning uh, field goal from Sunday. I I don't know if I if I think I said this in our Discord. I don't I did not put on the public side, so I don't know if you saw it or not. The last time the Browns won Week One, Gmail was in beta. Yeah, I, I bit my tongue when I saw that post because you were going to tell me that I was in diapers when that happened. And that's not true, but it's also not far from the truth. So I, I did, just I decided say, not to. I didn't, I did not bring, invoke your age into it at all. I, I it was the year I graduated high school. And so I don't want to know how old you were when that happened because I don't yeah, want to definitely feel like my tongue. Yeah. Definitely don't want to feel that old right now. But, um, yeah, so those are there. BreakingTea.com backslash WFNY. Uh, you can find all of your Cleveland gear there in that Cleveland collection. So, Ethan, as, a, as I mentioned, as we mentioned, we've been off for quite a long time. Uh, so there's a whole lot of stuff that we can get to. But also, uh, we're not one to really go into, you know, game recaps and things like that. But we have a first place team. Uh, the Guardians are three games up on the White Sox. Is it uh, is it five on the Twins or four on the Twins? I believe we're at five with the Twins. Five on Twins. Um, the magic number to clinch the division is seventeen. Uh, that number does not get small. Uh, it gets smaller. It does not get bigger. So that number is made up from uh, Cleveland wins and uh, White Sox or Twins losses. So as uh, we go on the rest of the year, that number will only get smaller as Cleveland gets closer to winning. Um, the next five games that Cleveland has are against the Twins. There's a game tomorrow night, a doubleheader on Saturday, and then uh, games on Sunday and Monday. They have uh, two makeups they are doing in this uh, series with Minnesota. So those those early season rainoffs are coming uh, to bite us uh in the butt here. And then after that, they have three against the White Sox. So this is really this stretch of games, as much as we talk about the, you know, the last six being the Royals. Um, this is, this really is kind of the, kind of it, the, 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 what it all boils down to for the division. They can really knock, uh, knock themselves in it out or knock some of these other teams out or, or, or clinch some spots. So, what do you think about this next stretch of games, Farmer? Yeah, it's much more crucial than just division head-to-head. In the new collective bargaining, there's no more game 163. So if you wind up in a tie with one of these teams, there, there's no playoff. So we have full-blown tiebreaker now, and it's head-to-head win-loss. With eight games remaining between the two of them, three against the White Sox and five against the Twins, the guards only need one win against both teams to secure the tiebreaker. So that would mean that even if they flounder a little bit somewhere against Tampa or Texas in the near future, once they get through this eight-game divisional stretch or even underperform against Kansas City at the end of the year, God forbid, if you wind up in a tie with one of them, Cleveland still takes the crown. Yeah, that's, so, such, a, that's such a big thing to get is just that one win. And you, and you have to think that they're going to get at least one of the wins out of this next eight games that they have. Um but, uh, you know, knock on whatever wood you want to knock on. I'm not going to because I uh, don't want to mess up my mic. But, um, you know, to have that just in hand, you're able to say, well, we have this. If nothing if, if nothing else, we have this. You know, that's a, a good way of looking at it. So, um, yeah, I, I 
not enough can be said about uh, this next stretch. And um, it seems as though that's why they did what they did today, where um, Cleveland had a day game makeup um, against the White Sox. They moved Tristan uh, McKenzie back a day. He is going to start tomorrow, uh, tomorrow's game, Friday's game against the Twins. And uh, they brought up Hunter Gaddis to uh, just basically uh, take a take one on the chin, take one for the team, uh, throw a couple innings. Um, they didn't really. Uh, it seemed as though they didn't really care what today was gonna what was gonna happen today, uh, because they had Hunter Gaddis out there. And as as Mitch was saying in our Discord, when you're throwing mostly fastballs, you're kind of just sit fastball. So it makes sense. But um, yeah, he was he gave up five home runs on the on the on the day. Yeah, so uh, it was it was not a pretty picture. Um, but uh, you know that's that's the way it goes and that's the way it is. So um, what do you think about Gaddis today, giving up those uh, those home runs, giving up that uh, that game as it went? I think he's getting way way too much flack for what happened today. And, and I, I understand it. It's your division rival. It's the next closest team to you in the standings heading into the playoff race. You could have gotten the tiebreaker today. And when Cleveland moved Tristan McKenzie and they called up Hunter Gaddis, it absolutely was not to punt on the day. In their minds, Hunter Gaddis could have given them a reasonable chance to win the game. Five innings, four earned runs from a rookie would have been more than serviceable especially when you had as much traffic on the base paths as you did early against Lance Lynn. There were opportunities there, but they didn't capitalize. It's been, and if you know me, you know I'm very active on social media during games. I I like to live tweet. I like to talk about the team. I like to talk to people about the team. So I saw way too much vitriol towards Francona, towards Willis, towards Gaddis in general today. And yes, I understand it was a high stakes game. It was a rain out, but... That was Gaddis's second career start. And you put him against a fastball hitting lineup and he didn't have his best fastball today. It happens. His last start was against the Astros. They haven't done this poor kid any favors. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you really want to be angry at somebody, this wasn't Francona punting. This wasn't the organization telling them to take an L. This wasn't any other outlandish theory I heard. If you really want to blame somebody, go pick a fight with Zach Plezak. Because it's him who can't stop punching walls, and he's the reason why you had to start Gaddis today. Because his body cannot be healthy and available to you during a push for October that you have to start a 24-year-old rookie against a team that was pretty much built to destroy him. There's no better time to fight Zach Plezak than now because he has the broken thumb. He can't punch you back. He also has so. no representation, so what's he going to do? No, he had a new agent. That's uh, that's a different thing. I don't but, believe uh, you. Uh, I saw a tweet that said that. But, uh, yeah, um, I don't think we, we – I don't we definitely did not cover it because it happened, I think, within that span. But uh, Zach Plezak and Eric Zavale, went out at the same time, uh, went on the IL. Uh, Zach Plezak supposedly broke his thumb punching the mound. Um, it, it, it was a pretty weak punch, so I don't really know 100% of that was what it was, if we're led to believe that it was, you know, aggressively removing his shirt, as we were told last year. Uh, you can read that with whatever quotes or in, uh, intonation that you have. But and it's heavily implied. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, I mentioned today in, uh, in my article that uh, Plezak has very likely played his last game for the Guardians. I really don't see a way after the, uh, the COVID incident, after last year's uh, T-shirt gate, and then this year's uh, situation. Um, I, I don't see them really taking kindly to the personality there. You know, you can, you can, mess up and do a lot of things, but when you're starting to cost your team, you know, starts and having to burn guys out and give up five home runs in a five innings, it's, it's not, it's not what you want. 
So, um, but yeah, with, I, I, I do, the only reason for me, I would have preferred Tristan today was simply just morale. Um, with Elvis Andrews coming out and saying, you know, making some of the karma, I don't even remember what he said, but he basically called the team out, said they're playing, they've, they've been playing, Cleveland's been playing perfect, and that's about the change and all this stuff. Now, mind you, Elvis Andrews has not been on the team for very long. He had to come back to, he was picked up from the team because Tim Anderson got hurt. Um, so, and, and it's posturing in a way that, you know, you don't really see too much of anymore. And it would have been great and really demoralizing for Chicago, in my opinion, if they came out and, you know, sticks blew them out of the water. But, uh, you know, we live to fight that another day. Um, and uh, we'll let them just continue to try to, you know, hopefully this doesn't, hopefully this wasn't a get right game. That's my worry is that this was a, you know, Vaughn gets one, Sheets gets one, Grandal gets one, Mancada gets one, even Elvis got a home run today. Um, you know, I hope it's not a game that's getting them going, um, but it would have been nice to just, you know, just glitch it out and 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 end this, you know, charade so we can kind of get through. But, um, yeah, and, you know. Like you said, I, I I definitely do not think they were like, yeah, we can take a loss. Throw Hunter out there. And, and you know, it, it wasn't a, here, here, hold this chum bucket and jump off the boat. <laughs> Why are there fish heads in here? Don't ask questions. At the same time, though, I don't think there's any member of this Guardians team in the locker room that after that loss today was sitting around going, yeah, maybe Elvis was right, you know. Right. The, the pitching, the, the mainstay pitching has been so, so good the last month and a half, two months, I, probably even since the All-Star break, that you feel like you have a chance when any of your normal healthy starters are out there. It's been the case for Shane Bieber. It's been the case for Tristan Rolex McKenzie. Second half, Cal Quantrill is here in full force, and I cannot wait to collect my winnings from Mitch at the end of the season. So... He pay, he pays his bets. He, he so. does, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. But I mean, even even Cody's been serviceable, and we'll we'll get to part of Cody's situation going on later. But yeah, man, when you've got those three guys pitching as well as you do, and even the last time through the rotation, you got wins and games started by Cody Morris and Connor Pilkington. Those guys didn't get the win, but at the end of the day, the team got a W. So the bullpen's been coming together. They've been absolutely on fire. James Karinchak continues to be absolutely ridiculous. Emmanuel Classe is the best closer in baseball. I'm not afraid to say it. Sandlin's been great. Stefan's been great. So you feel like if you get any other starter out there, you have a chance to win. And I don't think that changes. Now, the bats are susceptible to go cold at any given time, and they've done that all season but they also can flip on a switch and go inferno at any point in time right so it's just how this team is it's weird they've taken advantage of a very weak division but at the end of the day they don't care about that and they don't care about what elvis andrews was doing running his mouth after a loss in colorado when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, like I said, it, I I don't think they took Elvis, you know, for serious. I don't, but I do think that there was a point where it it could have just ended it all. But yeah, the rest of the way is is going to be posturing. So um, the the Guardians have one day off for the remainder of the season, uh, which feels so weird to say. Um, 
I'm not ready for baseball to be gone, but uh, it, I do love me some fall time. Uh, I think it's the 20, what did we say, the 26th? Yeah, the 26th. So Monday the 26th is their only day off the rest of the way. Um, so this week, uh, as I said, over the weekend, they are going to have a five-game series with the Twins. Uh, McKenzie and Bieber are going to start that. Uh, McKenzie is going to go tomorrow on Friday, the day you'll hear this. And then Bieber will start game one of the doubleheader on Saturday. Connor Pilkington, Connor with a K, Pilky Smooth uh, will start the second game. Cal will be in on Sunday, and then uh, Monday should be the uh, Cody Morris, Kirk McCarty piggyback for the ages um, to finish out the Twin Series. Um, but yeah, so they're setting up the basically just setting up, trying to you know limit exposure. I know Tristan's kind of getting close to a career high in innings. I don't think they're going to you know I don't think it's an issue at this point in time, but. Um, I do think that there's going to be some situations where if they get a good enough lead, he might uh, might get out early, possibly. Who knows? And, and, and I'm going off of really aged stats, and, you know, you don't go more than 20 innings over what you did the year before kind of a thing, but that's kind of old hat anymore. But um, there are reinforcements on the way. Aaron Savali is on uh, had a rehab start in Columbus. Uh, did you want you had some you had how uh, Savali did today? How did he do in Columbus? He gave up a pair of home runs, but that that hasn't been unusual for any of his rehab stints in Columbus this year. And yes, I have to say that plural because this is like the third or fourth one it feels <laughs> like with him. But the good news with Savali is that he will a be fine and B was actually starting to round into four before the forearm strain last time through. So you hope to get that back. I think he'd had the start before his IL stint. I think he'd had one of his ridiculous few hits, oddly high strikeout games for him. I think he'd done very, very well. So the, the turbo Hendricks, I call him. Yeah. Except his sinker only goes like 89, but I, I do enjoy, Oh, you meant Kyle Hendricks. Um, yeah, I was thinking Liam. No, I was no, I was I my the the ceiling for Savale is a like pretty much Kyle Hendricks, yeah. Turbo Turbo Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, you're not wrong. So that's where I was at. Yeah. I, I've I've always called him the final stage of Josh Tomlin, but yeah, he, he the Char, Charizard Josh Tomlin, yeah, pretty much. But he 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 was starting to piece together and starting to show some signs of getting the command in order and locating well and starting to finally miss some bats. So. You do look forward to getting him back so you don't have to crucify any more rookies like you had to today. But, yeah, I, ideally, I think Savale hopefully comes back Monday to start the series uh, against the White Sox. And if Cleveland sacrificed Hunter Gaddis to the baseball gods the way they did today, the posturing should line up so that you get both McKenzie and Bieber to end that series next week. Yeah, uh, I do like the way that would end up um, Savale starting it and then uh, Mackenzie Bieber. So um, that does seem to be a, a good way to start out the uh, White Sox series and, and, again, possibly put an end to theirs. So uh, now we have a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Uh, here at Winning for Next Year, we take mental health very seriously. It's one of the reasons that we've actually not had as many episodes this season. Uh, we've been giving ourselves breaks when we need to, to take them. Taking care of yourself is incredibly important, and not enough people consider their mental health important. I have no issue in telling you that counseling and therapy has saved my marriage, made me a better father, and honestly, more than likely saved my life. If you are thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient accessible, affordable, and entirely online. You can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash WFNY today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash WFNY. So, uh, 
we want to go and talk about uh, our, some key players and storylines of late. Um, obviously, the big one has been SpongeBob himself, Oscar Gonzalez. Um, I think he's had two home runs in two days. Did he have? He didn't have one today, but he had he had two before that. Yeah, right? he did in the Angel series. The did do. Yeah, yeah. They well, I think they ran out all left-handers. Uh, so I mean, that's that's basically what he uh, what he feasts on, but. Um, you have uh, in the last 13 games, uh, 353, 421, 667, uh, triple slash line uh, in September, uh, 207 WRC plus. That means that for the layman, he is 107% better than the league average player. Am I right on that? Yes. I'm reading WRC plus. Correct, yes. Right. Yeah. He is. He is 107 points above average hitter, and it's raised his season WRC plus. He was in the low one teens, might have been around 112, but it's up into the 130s now. So just these 13 games yeah. have been absolutely mammoth. Yeah, I was. I didn't realize that um, baseball savant does not do the full dot loadout if you don't qualify for the batting title. So when I went to I went to a savant page and I looked and I was like I'm gonna see how much red there is. Uh, he has two dots. He has max EV and sprint speed in the outfield. I'm sure uh, one, one of those is very you, red. <laughs> one of those is very red. That's the max EV. Uh, he's not the world. He's not a sprinter. He's not a track star. But you know, uh, it is it's some good stuff to see out of out of Oscar. But uh, four home runs in this span, uh, four doubles as well. 7% rock rate is is low for this team, but was really high for Oscar. Uh, and coupling that with a 14% K rate, that's that's like Quan-esque, you know, uh, especially for uh, OG, who I think I when I wrote today, he had a 20.8, I think, on the season. So that's pretty low for uh, – that's lower, obviously, than what he – uh, has had on the season. Uh, that's how numbers work. And uh, but uh, what are you seeing out of OG out of Oscar that's helping um, helping this uh, sprint in September that he we're seeing from him? He's getting a little bit more loft into the baseball, which is nice. He's still hitting screaming line drives, but his screaming line drives have been clearing the 19 foot wall in left field. So. Yes. That is a um, nice change of pace for him. He'd been he'd been pounding those into the ground and beating them into the gap between the shortstop right. and the third baseman. But it, it's nice to see that he's hit four doubles, four home runs in September. Uh, so that that's the most significant thing, and I, I do have to give him absolute credit. I I still have my doubts about his long term success and sustainability, but yeah. his contact profile is absolutely ridiculous. He strikes out less than your average power hitter that profiles like he does it's it's a very bizarre thing but here he is with his defense nearly not contributing and he's almost a 2f4 player just by swinging a hard baseball bat yeah he's got a lot of uh vlad guerrero senior in his bat and um i made the mention in our discord his aesthetically speaking his home runs look like they are going to put a hole through someone. They definitely do not look like they are not the mammoth shots of Fran Mill in the past where it's these high arcing, you know, rainbow moon shots. But yeah, when he hits one into the left field, field bleachers, the fans scatter. They don't right. go after that baseball. <laughs> They're going to, he hit one, uh, the one he hit yesterday, like, bounced off the railing and I'm surprised it didn't like break the bar and just go through to the home run porch. I was waiting for a member of the, the ballpark or somebody in the front office to come down and put some caution tape and like maybe a wet, wet floor sign in front of that because he right. had to have done some damage to that railing. Yeah. It's, it's there's just a guy out there with a little broom that's getting <laughs> the concrete all brushed up, but yeah, he, he puts a hurting in the ball and, um, He's he's a he's a like Naquin before him, obviously from the up the side. He's a he's a low ball hitter, but they are still giving him it down there. I agree with you though. Uh, I was actually talking to somebody in uh, today. They were uh, they are willing. This guy was willing to offer Oscar a long term deal before Stephen Kwan, but I I can't get there. I can't get there with Oscar just yet. 
Stephen Kwan is one of is is the, one of the darlings of our podcast. Uh, so obviously, a, you know, a a nearly locked in Golden Glove for uh, Kwan coming in. Uh, but yeah, I, I I I just can't get there for long term on Oscar. The floor, if and when it drops out, is going to be so low for somebody like Oscar. The highs, obviously, are what we're seeing. That's, I guess, the other thing is that we're we're witnessing what would more than likely be the ceiling. We're not seeing average production. We're not seeing, you know, unless this is truly his average. If so, and he came just screaming in, that's great. We don't, but we don't see that. We don't ever see these kinds of things stay out the way that they, that this way. So we're, you know, we're not trying to be haters on on Gonzalez here, but you know, generally speaking, and and we've watched enough baseball to know uh, that these guys fall off eventually, and, and you know, so it's it's kind of just. We're, we're waiting for the other shoe and it feels bad to say that, but you just kind of got to wait for the other shoe. Yeah. Everything about his profile coming up through the minors and, you know, I, I didn't have my eyes on the guy. I didn't get to see him in person, but everything suggested he was probably a bit, probably teetering on the edge of like, Hey, if things go the wrong way, he's a three true outcomes guy. Yeah. And that's Okay. Right. You know, Fran Meal was also teetering on that, and then he just became a zero true outcomes guy, and we saw how that ended with Cleveland. But you know, th- that's not to say that if his twenty four double thirty one home run stretch that he had in the minors last year between Double A AA and Triple A is who he is, and he continues to make this hard contact and keeps the strikeout rate below 25%, which he's done for most of his career in the minors, which is impressive for his profile, then you might have your DH of the future. But I really don't think you have an everyday right fielder yeah. in Oscar. And, and you know, it, is it always going to be the guy who has this mammoth power that could put a hole in any wall that baseball hits? Or do you want him to maybe not hit 303 and maybe hit 250 to hit 30 home runs a year. Right. Because this team needs power, and it's nice that he's doing what he's doing now, but when he only has nine home runs, but he's hit almost 30 doubles, it feels like. You know, when this team needs power and somebody that can leave the yard at a moment's notice, you need the other side of Oscar. Yeah. I made mention today that, you know, he, his contract, his contact rate isn't, uh, isn't, at those high high levels as as everybody else on the roster but it is they are higher than you would think given his propensity of swing and everything if he takes some of those contact out and just you know starts eyeing up the ball that he wants you know and 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 that kind of thing um you know he said maybe he get maybe makes a few more asks but maybe hits a couple more home runs who knows you know i i i would like to see also, you know, and you have to think organizationally too. Um, there's Valera is knocking at the door, you know, and does this team want to lock lock themselves into another DH only bat? They, you know, they look at what, what, what you're basically kind of making yourself have to choose between Tyler Freeman or Oscar Gonzalez in a way. Because right now you're able to play Oscar in right field. And because Miles Straw is so good at center field, you're able to, you know, let him help out. But because there is no Fran Mill clogging up the DH, Ahmed got a DH, a DH day. Jose gets a DH day every, you know, once a week. Andres Juan has two of them. Yes. Andres Jimenez got a day off this week, you know, full day off. And Freeman got to uh, play second base, but you know they, they're giving these guys days off during the week and using Freeman as that super utility guy, um, and using and keeping Jose's bat in the lineup, keeping Ahmed's bat in the lineup, and and those kinds of things. Is that something that they don't that they want to do? George Valera is knocking on the door. Where is Valera going to play on this team? And, and you know he's 
a better defender than Oscar is, or at least it seems as though he's going to be. So are, are we, you know, I don't want to say you're stunting. Well, you know, nobody's going to really stunt Valera. They'll make it work if it, if it actually works out, but you know, that's, uh, there's things. Also, uh, I wanted to mention, I, I actually did see Oscar play in the minors, uh, when he was at scrappers. Um, I, I saw, I saw Nolan there. I saw Oscar there. There's somebody else I don't remember who, but there was, uh, I, and I remember thinking because he, he actually like hit the ball all over the field. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I had not heard the name Oscar Gonzalez at the time. So it didn't like track in my brain, but he hit it so well that when I went, I was like, huh, I wonder if he's a thing. And then when he came up, I'm like, huh, interesting. But that was a couple of years ago when Nolan was in Mahoning Valley and not, uh, not you know, in Columbus, not learning first base. Um, but anyway, I digress and move on before I get myself into trouble. Uh, one more thing, or one thing I wanted to mention, uh, Andres Jimenez is nearing Jose Ramirez for the F4 title on the team. Uh, Andres has, uh, 5.4 F4, uh, Jose has 5.6. Um, obviously both guys are fantastic, but, uh, it speaks to, what do you think this speaks more to Andres being amazing or Jose struggling through this portion of his season because he he hasn't been he's been good. I, I mentioned this today. Um, he had I think since July first, possibly he only has a WRC plus of like one seventeen, which again, good, not great, not Jose, not when he had a two hundred or WRC plus or a one sixty two RC plus a WRC plus through the first half. So, um, is, uh, is this a uh, Andres being good or being great or Jose being average? I mean, why not both? It can be. Yes. I'm because Jose, Jose, Jose's definitely been for him pedestrian in the second half of this season. And, you know, I just have this, I have this sinking feeling in the, pit of my stomach that whenever the season ends, whether they don't win the division or they get bounced in the wildcard round, you know, I just know the next morning I'm going to wake up to a Zach Meisel tweet that says Jose Ramirez is having surgery on his thumb. But I do think a lot of it is just Jimenez is a budding, possibly superstar. He could, with the remaining games, wind up with a 2020 season, 20 homers, 20 steals. It would take a which, it would take a hot streak, but yes, which I don't think any of us had had seen coming. I, I know for sure he has sixteen home runs, and he's been absolutely I think he's incredible. At six, I think he's at sixteen stolen bases as well. Okay, so it's not out of the question that he could get there. He's actually at eighteen steals, so he needs four home runs okay. and two stolen bases to get himself a twenty twenty season as a twenty three year old. He's hitting 300 still, which he's done all year. He's never had that slump that right. you expected him to have. And it, it's been absolutely amazing. But I think it, it's the combination of he continues to hit in the clutch and he's kicked the defense up three notches since the All-Star break. Yeah. He's made some ridiculous plays at second base. He's so comfortable out there. And I know I said at the beginning of the season – that I thought Miles Straw was going to bring home the platinum glove this year for the best defender. I think Cleveland's a lock for three gold glovers. I think Juan Straw and Andres are going to all get sure. one, but Andres might get the platinum glove at this rate. I don't. Yeah, I. Miles has the numbers defensively for the gold glove. I worry that you know the the old thing of he hasn't hit enough to get the gold glove. But, uh, uh yes, your offensive stats have to matter for the defensive award. Well, Thank you. There are there are some people who believe that to be a thing, Ethan. But you know. Those people need to read a book. 
go, go touch some grass. That's my favorite. Uh, oh, hey, log off. Like, go touch some grass. We say that to ourselves every week after we stop recording, and then neither of us actually goes to touch grass. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I go to bed. Um, it's late. Um, Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotas, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. I was I had a Miles thing that I was going to bring up, and now I don't remember. Oh, you mentioned Jose getting hurt, or, your, you know, a, a Miles tweet that he's getting surgery. That was where I'm at with uh, with Miles Straw. There, it, it, it almost, I know he's been picking it up as of late, so it it's kind of putting a, a whole, you know, chink in this uh uh plan that i have here but um i uh i i i wrote out in our private side discord today i'm like miles is 100 percent the guy that's going to uh come november is going to be some sort of a report from misel that he is is hurt he's been dealing with something all year uh he's got december surgery booked to fix the injury because it just never got never got you know repaired and then he's going to be late getting the spring training and he's going to start the season on the il it happens every year and without fail that's where i'm expecting miles straw to be because a lot of what a lot of his struggles this year just seem to be they seem to be unexplainable there there's really no there seems to be no way that like you know, is it all mental? Is it has it really been mental this whole time? But you know, as I said, he's getting out of it now, so he, he's he's kind of ruining my plans for him to get surgery. You know, it's like he's he? been it's it's like he's been sluggish getting his bat through the zone this year. Yeah, and that that goes beyond mental, right? Because like he's he's hitting the ball to all fields more, which isn't his profile at all. Right, he, he's he's a pole guy, and that's that's great. Yeah, a lot of Cleveland players are. It's successful and it might benefit them with limited shift next year. But, you know, this whole season, you can't really blame being late on pitches, on mental. You can't really blame, you know, you can't really say at the end of the day that I've read interviews with Chris Valeka about what he's done with guys and looked at their profiles. And he's very much the opposite of Ty Van Berkleo. He looks at a guy and says, "Ah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. How can we make it better? Right, and I doubt that man. After saying that, walked into our building this year, looked at Miles Straw, and said, "Yeah, you should hit opposite field." Right. So there's just there, there might be something physical that's just slowing him down ever so slightly and hampering him from getting the bat through the zone and pulling the ball. And right. Well, we talked Miles about. Straw. I, I don't remember what episode it was and how long ago uh, it being off for two weeks does that. But I was making mention that he just. He's been going the other way a lot this year to the point where you were almost able to shift him the other way, you know, where and have three guys on the right side of the infield and keeping away from uh, from him. But um, you know, it's I don't know. It's a weird, a lot of weird stuff for Miles that I I I can only imagine. I. I want to believe is an injury because I don't want to believe that it's mental because I don't want him to struggle this bad. But, um, you know, for those of you listening, do you remember when this was a segment about Andres Jimenez? I was done with the Andres stuff. I was, I was past it. I moved, we moved on from Andres getting a golden glove to miles getting a, not hitting enough. And then miles moved on. That's where I'm at. 
I'm just surprised was, we segued that well because that's not even in our notes. That's not it wasn't. I was completely that was completely off the cuff, and you're you're ruining the surprise now. It's great. No, I people to, need to know we're incompetent. They don't I, listen to us for the hard hitting. <laughs> we're good at this part. I wanted to I wanted to show you the monkey the men, the mental monkey bars that I went there. You know the that's that's how I that's what I call them. That we went from Andres Gold Glove Miles not hitting and then to to an injury. That's where we're at. So oh god. All right, finish out your last story storyline, key player, whatever you want to call it here, and then we can get out of here so I can get some rest. I don't even know if he's a key player or a hard storyline, but considering we're going to see a little bit of him going forward, at least in the short term, I, I'm going to give a little bit of love to Kirk Picardi, who, yeah, not the most regular guy. He's only made five appearances since July 26th, which is almost two months now, but in those games, he's been playing that piggyback role. Two of those games were Brian Shaw starts, both of which he got the win in, which is impressive enough in and of itself. That was a real sentence that I just said, that Brian Shaw started and Kirk McCarty got two wins. But he's made five appearances since July 26th. He's got a 3-0 record. He's covered 15 and two-thirds innings. I think his shortest appearance was about two innings, but he's gone three close to four innings for a, a good majority of those. He's got an ERA of 1.72. He's only walked four guys and he struck out 10. I don't know what it is about the, the piggyback role or this pseudo weird opener deal that they've got going on between Brian Shaw and now him piggybacking off of Cody Morris, but it suits him. And when the team has needed pitching, he's provided some really really good appearances when he's been available to the team. So I just wanted to give him a little bit of credit. Yeah. I, I don't know how sustainable it is. It's kind of the Oscar stuff of, you know, expecting a the shoe to drop, but it's just because he wasn't touted at all and, and anything, but um, yeah, I do like, I do like what they're doing with the Cody Morris, Kurt McCarty stuff. Um, Morris isn't stretched out enough to be a, um, a full fledged, starting pitcher um, and not wanting to blow out the bullpen for four innings on a night, you know, using McCarty for two or three is great. So um, I am, uh, I am excited to see what he, what uh, Cody can do um, where he's going to go. Uh, The strikeouts haven't been there in the majors as they were in the minors, you know, the 51% K rate in the minors was unsustainable, uh, despite the fact that I yelled it basically any time that I ever saw uh, you've mentioned. But, um, yeah, I I like I like what they're doing with Morris, like what they're doing with McCarty, and, and piggybacking those two guys together. So, um, it, it's, it, I definitely see the playoff rotation being... Bieber, Tristan, Cal, but um, with Morris coming out of the bullpen, but uh, we'll see. <coughs> Morris does have good stuff, and it's 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 shown at the big league level. I don't think he's done you know anything too electric just yet, but he hasn't been knocked around or destroyed too hard. I think his ERAs below four right now after his last time out he walked a couple of guys he struck out four so it's there he was on a 75 pitch count last time so you needed mccarty and and that's kind of the downside of you know you have a guy who was gonna be what eli morgan was early this year out of spring training who got hurt at the mids most of the year so you're stretching him out at possibly the worst possible time and out of emergency purposes because i really think he would have been in the bullpen right now if Please, Zach and Savali had managed to stay healthy, which also would have been fine for a guy who can throw mid to high nineties and could have been another. I agree with that, but he—they were still stretching him out in Columbus when they were healthy. So, well, it's possible if they believed in him, it could have been a six-man rotation, especially knowing that they had to play. What's it going to be? It's going to be something ridiculous, like thirty-three games in thirty-four days to end the season. Yeah, I'm not. It's gonna be an interesting stretch for them. I don't know. Um, I definitely do think that they had plans for Morris. Um, 
it seems as like I said, it, they were stretching him out even when they were at full strength in the rotation, and when it turned out that they needed him quickly, uh, he came up and you know started giving him at least these four to five inning, you know, starts, pseudo starts, whatever you want to call them. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm ex- I'm excited for Morris. I'm excited for McCarty. I'm excited just to have a first place team to watch and root for. So, um, you got anything else for tonight? Just remember, kids, the Guardians were never supposed to be here. No, this is not this. We weren't even supposed to be here today. We were. We weren't. You know, it's this is not meant to happen. It, it's, it seems like it's going to, but it could. It could not. Just savor it, and even if it doesn't. It's not the end of the world. This team opened its window very early. Yes. Yeah. And in truly, 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 next year is and beyond are the years that you need to like be ready and be prepped for it go for it, you know it 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 happening. Um I, I don't would be utterly shocked if we have another off season of no free agent spending, no trades. Right. No, nothing. I, this team knows that it is time to act, regardless of how the next 22 games, 21 games play out. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I definitely do think that this is a... I think it's a team that can make the playoffs. I think there's even a possibility that this team could make noise because they're, their lineup, despite its lack of thump, it's a it's a Swiss Army knife that's just going to come at you from any angle, and, and all of the angles. And once you get in that you know random number generator that is the playoffs, uh, you know it it can be. You get one good game where you're you get to the starter in the third inning, and, and you know all of a sudden it's five to nothing, and Tristan's dealing. You know that's that messes up a three game series. Five yeah, series, with, whatever. So with the pitching as hot as it's been since the All Star break, it, it doesn't matter if the offense is hot or not. This is not a fun team for opposing pitchers to face, and that and that's a big thing in and of itself too. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'm dying. Uh, I've been hitting the mute button, but I've been literally like tears in my eyes coughing. So uh, we're gonna get out of here for tonight, guys. Uh, you guys take care. Uh, for Ethan, for myself, for Doctor Mitch, who's out studying. We say goodnight, and uh, we love you. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.